Thank you for downloading the latest episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Please stand clear as we pay our bills. Venture outside your comfort zone. The rewards are worth it. Wish Upon a Cookie has evolved into a custom-baked pastry company started in New Jersey by professional chefs turned cookie tears. Their focus is to turn your magical pastry dreams into reality. They offer so much more than a few colors, shapes, and sizes. Their creations are extensions of your inspiration. You can visit them online at their new website, wishuponapastry.com, or on Instagram and Facebook at wishuponapastry. Let your imagination run wild when you wish upon a pastry. Are you thinking about purchasing a DVC resale contract? Are you looking to rent DVC points for a future Disney vacation? In need of financing options? If so, check out the one-stop shop, which is the world of DVC companies. The professional staff, with over 185 years of experience, will guide you through your next vacation purchase. Check them out at dvcresellmarket.com, dvcrentalstore.com, and moneroafinancial.com. And tell them Mickey Dude sent you. The world of DVC, your DVC gateway to a lifetime of magic. Hello, humans, and welcome to another fantastic and exciting episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host for the week, Chuck Fitzgerald, alongside two of my fantastic rotating Mickey Dude commentators and co-hosts from Chicago, Illinois, Tim Schleska. I would actually, you know, comment that the problem was, is uh, I went, I, I, I got nothing. I'm so tired, I've run out of sarcasm. Someone make note of this date. Now, Tim, before before we started recording, uh, you were mentioning about your impending trip to Nashville. Now, any of these, like, barbecue-based events? I'm sorry? Are, are there going to be any barbecues at any of these events that you're you're doing? Uh, no, no. You're already talking about uh, a giant field set up for a hundred athletes, and the athletes are mo- most of the athletes are going to be averaging well over two hundred and twenty pounds mm-hmm. uh, per. So the last thing you need to do is add more heat to that field. Um, we're probably already, um, we're probably already being boycotted by Greenpeace because of the environmentally unfriendly greenhouse gases that are being released from all of us. Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and go with no, uh, there's probably going to be, uh, an abundance of cold cuts because well, cold and, uh, all the watermelon you can eat. Okay. So. So I, I think now is as good a time as any to remember or to remind you that you don't make friends with salad. That's a uh, Disney no. quote now. It is a Disney quote now. No, I, I completely agree. The only type of salad I believe we'd be talking about would be ham salad. Mm. But you don't make friends with salad. You don't make friends with salad. Well, you can make friends with salad if your salad is... Uh, your your salad's main ingredient is meat. True. And from Orlando, Florida, Dave Koch. Dave, how are you this evening? The Disney crowds suck. Yeah. Yeah. Not not only are the crowds bad, which uh, you can elaborate on in a minute, but the crowds are bad, both in behavior and in quantity. And people in general right now just completely suck. People forgot how to behave, and uh, never mind. I don't want to go off on a tangent. People forgot how to behave. Yeah, that's true. Well, on this week's episode of the Grumpy Dudes podcast, (laughs) uh, um, 
Dave, how how are the crowds down there right now? How is the traffic like? It's been a month since I've been there. A month since I've seen you, actually. Um, has it gotten any better, or has it somehow gotten worse? It's uh, it's basically say, stayed the same. I'm not going to say it got worse because you know you we still have those charming reservation systems that sometimes the parks end up still getting. Uh, completely booked solid at this point so it's uh and there are times when i'm in there and it's like okay this is actually doable uh later on at night uh i've become uh, accustomed to dealing with the storms because uh, a lot of your uh, tourists don't realize that it will storm in the afternoon it'll storm for about two hours they run out of the parks and then all of a sudden, you know, you take cover for that time, and then all of a sudden, they clear up, and it empties out the park. Yeah. Well, as all of us being Disney experts, I guess you could say, um, we know that that to be the case. But if this is, if you have just found this podcast by some happenstance, and this is, and you're planning your first trip, and it's going to be a summer trip. Don't leave the parks when it starts to rain. Go find something to do for a little bit. Cool off, but don't leave the parks. Now, with that being said, um, I I mentioned this or I thought this as I was there last time and I was listening to this week's episode of the Disney Dish podcast. And Tim, you are another gentleman of uh, heft. Is that correct? That would be correct. I am, uh, well, uh, currently training for uh, Strongman National, so I'm walking around right now at about two bills 90, so yes. Okay. So did you notice while you were there um, for your most recent trip that the air conditioners seemed like they weren't as cool as they had been prior to? Uh, no, I mean, I then again, I was there a couple of months ago. So, I mean, a few months ago, actually, at this point, uh, I was there in early March. Uh, the weather was actually very comfortable. Um, that and uh, heat, I guess, heat, funny enough, uh, heat does not bother me the way it used to, but that's also because I spend a lot of time outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spend a lot of time in humid environments. Uh, I don't know. To me, to me, it's a, you know, you just, when you, when you get that nice, you get that nice bit of a cool breeze, uh, you get that nice bit of uh, just that little respite, just enjoy it. I don't, I don't like, I don't like being frozen out in those areas. So, well, see, that's the thing. I had always come become accustomed to exiting or entering a Disney Building and feeling that nice, cold, icy blast of air conditioning to bring my core temperature down from the surface of the sun. Mm. However, it has recently been discussed on the aforementioned Disney Dish podcast with longtime Mickey dude, um, Len Testa, that they have actually increased the temperature inside of Disney buildings to reduce on air conditioning costs, not to be a more... Um, environmentally friendly company, but to reduce costs. And this is where it's tough to justify decisions that Disney makes. Well, I mean, again, this is everyone keeps, you know, it's I, and I had to catch, I've I've had to catch myself several times at this point now, excuse me, is everybody seems to forget that, this is what Chappick was brought in for. He was brought in as a hatchet man. He wasn't brought in as anybody from creative. He wasn't brought in anyone to really push anything forward. Uh, I mean, was was the decision, I think, kind of tone deaf by Disney? Going into the 50th, absolutely. I mean, I think they should have thrown in as much money at Iger as possible to at least keep him on through the 50th anniversary. Uh, but Chappick is coming in and he's being the hatchet man that he's supposed to be. And he's going to get his little golden parachute and his little great severance uh, once he becomes the villain that they want him to be because all of a sudden it'll start affecting their bottom line. And, and it has. You know, 
I mean, exactly. I mean, the, the, pretty soon the board of directors will, you know, we'll, we'll get some William J. William J. Lepetamine. Harumph, 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 harumph. I didn't get a harumph from out. that guy. Yeah, exactly. They got to do something to, you know, protect their phony baloney jobs. They must do something immediately, immediately. So, I mean, they'll, they'll get rid of him and let him be the villain. And, you know, it's there. There was a saying once uh, on a TV show and it was it, someone trying to paint uh, a CEO as someone who was greedy and money hungry and cost cutting and heartless. And uh, pardon, uh, pardon the upcoming language, but uh, the, the guy's response was, you can go ahead and paint me as the rich bastard all you want, as long as I stay rich. Uh, and that's what Disney is doing right now. They, uh, well, plain and simple, they have at this point put the dollar first. Uh, I think they're, I think they're trying to prepare for a long haul. I think we're ahead, uh, we're heading for some very bleak economic outlooks here in the near future and for the sustainable future. Uh, so I think they're trying to prepare as much as they can, uh, because Disney's always been about, uh, surviving and, uh, and then thriving when others are not doing so well. So, well, here's uh, the thing though. You, you mentioned some bleak economic times, Tim, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm going to, no, go ahead. um, go ahead. Have you like the Disney stock, which we all know that Disney lives and dies by their stock, because like you had mentioned, they are a financial company. Basically, Disney stock for the first time in quite some time is beneath the hundred dollar mark. And if you look at their last 30 days, their drop off is just so sharp. I mean, yes, the markets are down, but the Disney drop is quite, quite astonishing right now. Well, I mean, again, the the 50th anniversary has been, well, plain and simple, the 50th has been a flop. And that's and that's what Chappick will be remembered for is, uh, I mean, not the fact that he had to deal with COVID, not the fact that he had to deal with a lot of unprecedented times. I know that's a cliche, but well, it's the truth. They, they were. Uh, he had to deal with the situation going on with uh, Florida's government and their and the current governor and administration, uh, you're you're talking about you know he was he was handed kind of a no-win situation. I'm, and believe me, you know me, I'm not a defender of Chappick in any way, shape, or form. But to see, to to say that he has had to deal with his fair share of difficult situations uh, is an understatement. And. Uh, but unfortunately, him and Josh Tomorrow have absolutely dropped the ball on the 50th anniversary celebration. And I honestly think that's what they're mostly going to be remembered for. And a lot of people who have gone down there have realized that really the, the 50th anniversary, the only, there's really not that much special about it other than, okay, we got Ratatouille. And that was a fun ride for the 20 seconds it lasts. Uh, Cosmic Rewind is making more people puke than Cat in a Hat after a you know, uh, you know a vodka bender, uh, and Tron is still not open, <laughs> uh, and may never be at this rate. At least that's what it feels like. It, it's uh, honestly, I th this this celebration is a lot like the last few seasons of the Chicago Bears. You just kind of want to pull your head over, you know, pull your covers over your head and just forget that ever happened we're just not going to talk about that and we're going to go back and watch videos of 1985 it's almost like going back and watching the old disney travel videos of oh man remember when the park used to be fun and people didn't used to hit each other over missing a pretzel in line and people weren't slapping each other over merchandise or yep. it's it, we it's things are devolving and unraveling quickly down there. So I have to feel that uh, I have to believe that Chappick's time is kind of uh, as 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 CEO is his days are numbered because mm -hmm. they will need to turn around because I think people are finally, finally coming to the realization that as as you and I have talked about many times, Disney's kind of an abusive relationship. 
Oh no, keep coming back. I promise. I promise this time's gonna be better. Yeah, this time so, it'll be better. I'm not gonna charge yeah. you to turn on the air conditioner in your room. Yeah. But you know, uh, it, have we gotten to that point now? Uh, <laughs> you know, I said it. We all know that Bobby listens. Bobby Chapek, once again, longtime Mickey dude, Bobby. Um, <laughs> I may have just put that out into the universe, unfortunately, unwittingly. Uh, Sorry, everybody. But with that being said, we're going to move into our actual topic of this week, and we're going to talk about the 2022 Disney's Food, Flower, and Garden Festival. I, I don't know. Flower and Garden with Food. Disney's excuse to charge you more for food that really isn't all that good. Um, but we're going to talk about the things that we had at this year's Flower and Garden Festival that we enjoyed the most. Now, this could be a drink. It could be a food item. Um, that's up to you. But there is one thing that I do feel that I, I want to touch on before we get into this week's topic. And that is, well, actually, I'm sorry, two things. One is a little piece of news, and that is that the Disney's, Disney Cruise Line's newest ship, The Wish, has been delivered to Port Canaveral. I saw pictures of it from this morning, and it looks Amazing. Disney did a great job at marketing that because there is one thing that Disney's good at. It is marketing. But the second thing I want to address is the food this year at Flower and Garden. It was tough for me to do this topic because there was so much stuff at the food booths that had been recycled from year after year after year after year after year. From festival after festival after festival after festival. It's, it was really difficult to get excited for this um, food, flower, and garden festival. Did either of you experience the same, or, or was that just me? Uh, myself, I feel that... Uh, I feel like I didn't suffer that as much, but that's also because uh, my wife and I usually go to the food and wine festival uh, because we're usually taking trips to different parts of the country during the spring uh, and summer, uh, early part of summer. So uh, we, we're usually more fall food and wine, winter festival of the arts people. Uh, so this is, uh, this is something we landed on for this. Is, this, this was actually my, uh, my wife and I's first trip together to the flower and garden festival. Uh, and my inaugural trip to the Flower and Garden was in 2019 when we had uh, the Mini Mickey Dudes meetup. So um, to me, there were a lot of items that I got to snag that I haven't had before, but I did see, even from even left over from 2019, a lot of items that I had run across already. And uh, that's, especially when it's culinary arts and fusion has been moving so fast and you have so many updated things. I mean, it's when, when it comes to culinary arts, there's always something new around the corner. There's always something updated. There's always something unique that you can try. There's always a new spin you can put on something. I, I understand bringing back some favorites. I do get that. Uh, I mean, like the, uh, the bio lemonade, the, the lavender lemonade, it's, it's always going to be a hit. People will always look for that. I understand that. But there's nothing wrong with playing around with some of the food. I mean, again, that's that's the whole point of what Disney does with the food festivals. It's playing with your food. And I mean, if, if I if I wanted to cook the same thing at home, I mean, if I wanted to eat the same thing all the time, you know, I mean, my, my mother was happy to do that for me for 17 years. Of life, so I don't. I'll be. Uh, I really noticed that. As a local, I really didn't notice that this time around. As a local, I saw some of my favorite things and I got excited, like, oh, good, I could have this again. Where I, that It really didn't bother me as much because I felt like there was some things that were new. They also have some of these uh, kitchens that actually uh, had rotating menus for different months on top of that to kind of keep it fresh. So I guess for me as a local who basically visited every uh, every booth over the course of the last uh, how many months has it been now like five I really didn't uh, have a problem with it because uh, 
there was some some of my go-tos were you know just as delicious as before and then there were some other new things that i actually did find quite tasty now it is possible that there wasn't as many i um you know i didn't go like in one day to do it i kind of just sauntered around and okay today i'm gonna try this one and another day i don't feel like cooking today so i'm going to epcot i'll try this so i have a different viewpoint just based on my location Yeah, and that may be, but see, I it was tough to to really get excited. The, some of the new stuff that I had was great, and I loved the fact that there were some of the returning favorites, but not everything can be a returning favorite. Disney needs to kind of take off the training wheels and try something new um, for some of this stuff. But with all that being said, let's get right into it. And Tim, let's start with you. What is so far, or not really so far, what is the favorite thing that you had from this year's Flower and Garden Festival? Well, one thing I have to give a special nod to is uh, the impossible Korean short rib, uh, Trowel and Trellis. And the reason being is I had to do a lot of uh, modified cooking uh, this this fall and winter. Uh, my wife is what is known as a COVID long hauler. And one of the ongoing symptoms, she uh, leftover symptoms that she has is uh, her sense of uh, taste and smell have been altered long term. Uh, it keeps getting better by the day, but for a long time, a lot of regular meats or cheeses or eggs would smell funky or like garbage to her and taste very uh, taste rancid or very off. So I had to learn how to cook with a lot of uh, a lot of the impossible products. I had to learn how to make a lot of vegetarian dishes. Um, I had to really adapt my my way of cooking because she was very much. Uh, very much a carnivore type uh, gal. She absolutely loves uh, loves meat, but wasn't able to eat it. So going to this booth after experimenting with that type of cooking for months on end, and then trying what they did and biting into that, it was. I mean, obviously, you you can you can definitely tell it is not meat, but it was extremely flavorful, uh, very moist, very tasty, uh, and a very hearty filling meal. Uh, it was fantastic. I was thoroughly impressed with, uh, you know, with, with the, with the, the flavor profiles in there. Uh, they, I think it's a dish that they, they completely nailed. And I wish some people maybe who didn't want to maybe try something like that would maybe open their mind and give it a shot because I think they'd be pleasantly surprised. You know, I haven't had that yet, and I think I'm going to try to get there at some point to have that one. I, I always am very uh, impressed by their uh, vegetarian and vegan offerings in, in, that, in that sense. And I, I have some people that would re refuse to try it on principle, but I've, oh, I've, I agree totally with you, Tim. I've always found them flavorful, you know. Are they the real thing? No, but they have their own charm to them too. They're 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 still tasty. Exactly, exactly. They are very tasty. I'm I'm not going to go with that, but I appreciate your your opinion there, Tim. Dave, what about you? What's your top thing that you have tried? Ooh, top. Well, I mean, you could start at the bottom. You could start at the top. Well, I, I didn't really rank them. I, I literally just have a list of things that I really liked. Okay, that's good enough. Over there, so Go at the know, top of that list. How about that? All right, well, I basically just opened up the Food & Wine app that, that um, is available um, in your app store. It's, a, it's an unofficial app, but it kind of gives you all of the uh, menus and the prices, and then you could actually uh, click that you tasted it, and it'll actually give you those charming stamps they no longer do. They're not even doing stickers anymore in the yes, books. Yes, they do. What? They get, we got stamps. You get the stamps in the back of the book for the five items. Oh. And then, free, then you get a free uh, item at like uh, 
the dessert booth or something after that. But it used to be each page you would get, it was like a passport and you would try something from each one and then you would get a stamp. Like, you know, I used to enjoy getting my stamp in the country of cheese, you know? So, but with that said, um, the first place I'm going to go is by uh, Test Track. They had the Epcot Sunshine Griddle. And there they had corned beef brisket hash with house-made potato barrels, so basically tater tots, onions, peppers, cheese curds, and a soft poached egg with Tabasco hollandaise. My egg left a little something to be desired. It was it was a poached egg, but it wasn't as runny as I would have liked it. But aside from that, the taste of everything, you know, it, um, despite the fact that there wasn't a runny egg all over, it still worked really well. Okay. Uh, see, now I haven't had either of the two things that you mentioned, so I, I don't have really a whole lot to add. And that one might be my actual favorite of the entire festival. Right. And that's a new thing. Well, my favorite of the entire festival is also a new thing, and it's over at uh, Yardin de Fiestas, you know, the Mexico booth. Uh, and that's the Taco Vampiro. It's the uh, barbacoa beef in a corn tortilla with crispy grilled Monterey Jack cheese. Now, when they say that, it's actually on the exterior of that corn tortilla. Um, a salsa ranchera and esquetes, whatever that is. Um, it is gluten and wheat friendly, apparently, but it was delicious. Was it worth the $8? No, probably not. But Disney pricing being what it is, it was so good. I would actually eat that again. It was flavorful. You know, the the crunch and the freshness of everything, highly recommended. Would 10 out of 10 would eat again. I happened to be with you when you got that, and it looked so good that I actually went back later on and had that myself. And you are right on the money on this one, Chuck. Yeah, it was that good. Now we're going to go on to round number two. Tim, we'll start again with you. What's the next thing that you tried that you want to talk about? Uh, you know, it's one of they I, I know that a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of lists, they, they always end up with France on, on the list. And a lot of people, you know, kind of get tired. It's like, oh, come on. Why don't you go try something else? Uh, it These are people who say that honestly do not get food from the France pavilion. You you if you want to know how good that food is, all you have to do is look at the line every time you walk by. Amen, brother. That's all you have to do. And let me tell you, it's worth standing in line every time. Uh, the croissant with the black garlic, the herb goat cheese, I, I snagged that this year. And let me tell you, it is, it's it's a warm hug. <laughs> uh, it is everything you want. It is, it is flaky, it is creamy. It is, you know, it's it's got a great spice to it. It's got it, the the flavor just pops. The garlic pops out of there. You get, get the the rich creaminess of the goat cheese. You know, you get the spice and the bite from the garlic. Then you get the layered, you know, the the crispy, flaky layers of the of the, of the croissant. I mean, it's. I and I'm and I'm not a carb loading type of guy. I usually always go. I always want to go protein or veggie, protein or veggie, and let me. I mean, I. This is a time I would happily carb load. I mean, I would, I would, I, I could, I could eat a tray of those things. Would I be sick at the end of it? Absolutely, but it would be, it, it would, it would be the whole millhouse leaning up against the trash can of worth it. Oh, worth it. <laughs> we. So, yeah, definitely on my top list. All right. Dave, you're up. All right. My next one is an oldie, but a goodie. And this is I'm going to go on a rant here about being a Floridian now because. I'm actually, believe it or not, getting decent pizza down here. 
And I say that uh, loosely because one of the reasons why I'm getting decent pizza up here, down here, is because where I originally come from, all of the pizzerias that I grew up with are now starting to close. Either the proprietors are retiring or they've died. They've left it to their children and their children have sold the business and then it's just gone downhill. So since I can't get the good pizza in my neighborhood that I grew up with, I'm starting to learn how to settle. And with that said, there are a lot of Floridian there are a lot of Floridians down here now that have retired from the tri-state area of the Northeast, and they have brought their pizza with them. Now, you know, people can say the whole thing about the water and all that, but they're opening up restaurants down here. And yeah, maybe the crust might be a little bit off, but you know, if you make if you make a good sauce and use quality ingredients, it's gonna shine through. So with that said, I am going to throw out here that the Chinese food is absolutely garbage. I have yet to find good Chinese food in Orlando. So when I see that the house-made cheesy crab wontons or crab rangoons are available at Epcot, and you know these are these are not only recycled from one festival. They're recycled from one festival to the other because they were also featured at, at Festival of the Arts, which is kind of cheating. But you know what? I'm okay with that because these crab rangoons are amazing. I've had them on numerous occasions through my travels to Epcot. And, you know, food and wine ends in a, like, not, not food and wine, flower and garden ends in about maybe two weeks or so. And I'm just dreading the fact that I'm not going to be able to go there and get these when I want. Well, have they announced the food and wine menus yet? I haven't really looked. So yet. you still may be able to get them in a couple of weeks. You know what? They is? have. They uh, have announced I am I am okay. traveling all uh, of the month of July. I actually will be going to Disneyland, so I have not paid attention yet to uh, food and wine because I'm going to miss the beginning of it. So when I return in early August to Orlando, you know, my, my uh, sights will be set on food and wine. No, and that's that's fine. I mean, I haven't looked myself either, um, mainly because I don't know if we're going to be going down this um, food and wine season. But I'm sure I will. I'm sure I'll see pictures and I'm sure I'll get jealous. But there's going to be one thing that I was not jealous of this year at uh, Flower and Garden. And that is over at La Isla Fresca. The uh, the arepas topped with melted queso fresco. You mean the cardboard? Yes, the, the cardboard topped with yeah. queso. It yes. was, it wasn't, it was bad. It was disgusting. I thought I was I really was going to try to say something nice. And you know what? Maybe if I got it topped with the chorizo, it would have helped. But the, the arepas were just not it would have been good. Dude, it would have been lipstick on a pig. Yeah, it was just not good. I mean, I I really thought I would enjoy it. Dave, you did actually caution me like, hey, listen, I'm going to let you make your own opinion. Not, not only me. But Jeff did send us a text months beforehand saying skip the Arepas. Yes, and I, one, forgot about that, but two, figured, you know what, I'll give it a shot. This would be new to me. I shouldn't have. Well, I I also fell into the trap and didn't listen to Jeff's advice and tried them. And because I'm a sucker for melted cheese and... Yep. Yeah, no. The only way to make cheese better is to melt it? Except in this instance where it was just not good. <sighs> you know, it so just it left you it left you thirsty. It had no flavor. It it was uh, dry. It was dry, and it didn't. And in the middle, it didn't cook all the way in the middle, so it was almost like doughy. Yeah, you know what? That's actually a pretty good. Um, description like and we did not have them at the same time but they were exactly the same i just i i just i was just silently laughing at you as you were trying yours oh and as you remember i did try to choke it all down and eat the entire thing and i just couldn't do it yeah just couldn't do it 
All right, but Tim. But you know when you have two other tables next to you that are empty and there's actually like, like there there were three four, or four tables there. Yeah, that have that have like one or two bites taken out of them and people just walked away and didn't even throw them away. They just abandoned them. You know, okay, this is this is not a good dish. Yeah, I should have used some context clues. All right, Tim, we're going to go over to you to round number three. Uh, this will be the second last round, by the way, just for everyone keeping oh, track I, at home. I have more. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cheat. All right. Well, you can cheat. Tim and I will do the la our last two rounds, but in order because we follow the rules here at the Mickey Dudes. Tim, what's number three on your list? Number three is going to be uh, it was the rotating menu. Um, I think it was the sunshine griddle. Uh, it was the bison tenderloin. That would be the farmer's market. The farmer's market. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was a bison tenderloin with uh, with pickled vegetables and uh, potatoes. The bison tenderloin was rare. It was dripping. It was juicy. It was, oof. It was absolutely perfect uh, for for someone to nail something this this perfect at a booth at a food booth where and it's you're talking about something that is just so temperamental. Something that when when it's actually when you take it out it's when you take it out of its heat source it's still cooking and obviously i mean then you're dealing with transportation issues everything else i mean it's they to do it as well as they did it was perfect absolutely perfect uh, i i could have i could have stayed there and just eaten the entire thing uh, while they were while they were dishing mine up the gentleman was taking out a brand new tenderloin to slice, and I, I, I found myself reaching into my pocket looking for bills of just, hey, you know, I, I've, I've got a little something for you if you just forget that you have that in front of you and you can just put it right on right on this plate. You can just walk away here and just meet meet my meet my good friend Benjamin Franklin. You just throw it on this throw it on this plate and walk away and. Don't you worry about it. And you I just will... turn your back and uh, yeah, you don't know what happened. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just wrap some foil around this and walk around eating a bison tenderloin like a bougie turkey leg, and I'd be okay with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, that I mean was absolutely perfect. But an honorable mention has to be thrown to I can't remember which booth it was, but uh, they had a blood orange agua fresca. And it was just on some of the warmer days down there, it was absolutely just perfect. It was so refreshing. The color was beautiful. Uh, it's, you know, the, it wasn't too sweet and it was tart the way a blood orange drink should have been. It was refreshing. It was, it, it was everything it was supposed to be. And I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I I can't remember. I've the only thing I remember is there was it was a very it was a weird juxtaposition because it was the same place where the street corn was, and they let the street corn uh, sit under the the heat lamps a little too long, and the uh, the topping, uh, the like the cream like the creamy garlic and crust topping baked onto it too long, so you had this beautiful refreshing blood orange agua fresca along with this hardened stick that was of corn that was like trying to chew on gravel so, well see tim that that sounds like it's going to be a, a unique to you experience at least for the three of us um because i will interject just very briefly i did get the street corn um and I'm looking for where that came from. I'm looking for it myself, actually, because I know the location of it. It was it was right, but it was right past the Imagination Pavilion. I just can't think of the name of it now, and it's driving me crazy. Well, uh, when I had it, it was so good. 
Um, I, it was not flavorful kitchen. Yes. Okay. Flavorful kitchen. It was not pre-made Well, the corn was pre-cooked, but they literally just dunked that thing into the batter of garlicky, buttery, bread crummy goodness. And uh, yeah, it was so good. Dave, I think you got it as well. I got it too. And I also got a free cookie butter worms and dirt because somebody else ordered it and they, they didn't hear, they didn't hear about they, they thought they, they, they heard the wrong number and they had an extra one. And then they're like, oh, well, magic moment. And they gave it to me. Yeah, it didn't happen to me. I just ended up with my corn. I'm 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 extremely glad that you guys had all of your garlic, garlicky and buttery goodness. I'm very, very happy that you had your experience. I'm just honestly, I mean, I'm very glad to hear that wasn't the norm. So I, I mean, I'm. I, I'm not bitter. I'm just I'm extremely glad that, you, that it was enjoyable because I was so looking forward to it because of that, because of just a butter, garlicky, just goodness on some street corn. That's exactly why I got it in the first place. I thought it would be good. So, yeah, I'm disappointed to hear that you didn't have a good experience with it. But just know, <laughs> like I said, that wasn't the the norm. Well, maybe no, it was the norm. And maybe Dave and I lucked stuff. out. I don't know. Hey. Regardless, I'm glad you guys got some good stuff. <laughs> I mean, besides, I, 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 everything can't be a home run. I mean, I, again, I, I got, I got that rare unicorn of you know just the perfectly cooked rare tenderloin, and you know, if 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 I'm being honest here, I'll I'll gladly take the perfectly cooked tenderloin over some crappy street corn. Uh, you know, I'll I'll take I'll take the good with the bad on that rather than have the really good street mm -hmm. corn and the, the crappy tenderloin because I was I'd rather have the good tenderloin, tenderloin a lot more. Yeah, Tim, I, I totally, a lot more. <laughs> Tim, I totally missed that uh, that menu that they had at that farmers market. That was like the original one they had, and then I had yeah, we, I had we got, got my way over there, and by the time I got over to that booth, it was the second incarnation of it. And I saw I saw a picture of that tender one, and it just I was just kicking myself for not getting there and to try it beforehand. And now I'm just after listening to your uh, colorful uh, description of it, I'm questioning life choices. I I'm, I'm willing to bet it was at least from what what I saw when we were in line, it was such a hit. I you know it, I'm willing to bet it would be probably brought back. I mean there. It's it's something that rotating kitchen I thought was a fantastic idea, uh, and it seemed to really be a big hit with a lot of people. I mean, and even even with us being able to try that tenderloin, looking at some of the other things that were coming down the line, it's like, man, I wish I could have tried this and this and this too. But I mean, I'm glad we did. I'm glad we went and we did because we got to try what I felt at least was one of the best things we tried there. So. All right. Um, I actually just gave mine with the street corn. So, Dave, we'll go over to you. All right. So I'm going. So I have three more things. So I'm going to pull the chuck of the show and sheet. But I'm going to give uh, it was mentioned before, but another oldie but goodie. The, the frozen dessert violet lemonade at pineapple promenade. Refreshing. You can't go wrong with this. It, on a on a hot day, it melts. It, the slush melts really quickly to turn into a lemon, nice ice cold lemonade, and it's just pure goodness. Nothing really needed to be said about that. Besides that, now refreshment port. I've always talked about how I hate designer poutines. The poutine the way it is, you know, I never really get the seasonal the seasonal poutine anymore because I've always been disappointed. But I will say when I did go get my traditional poutine uh, this time around, because I have to have it at every festival because I kind of have to mark it off the list because, you know, uh, bad things will happen in life if I don't have a check next to all of these uh, all of these boots at the, at the, at the festival, you know. You know, that and the uh, Metro car don't get me on the New York City subway. But I digress. I will say at the refreshment port, they had a... They had a unique cider that I really enjoyed. It was stem ciders, a salted cucumber, cucumber, apple hard cider. And I was just intrigued by the, by, by the uh, ingredients. And I was like, okay, I have to try this. I wasn't expecting it to be good, but it was just, it was one of those things that curiosity was probably going to kill the cat, but 
I found this most crisp and refreshing. You know, I I didn't eat a ton at Flower and Garden because we had just gotten off the cruise and I was still full. Um, I wish I would have known about that because I did not get the poutine. I, I honestly internally questioned, like, as we were walking by it that evening, Dave, should I get the poutine? I'm, I can't do it. I just I couldn't do it. I could not eat any more food. But if I would have known about that hard cider, I am a cider connoisseur of sorts, even though I haven't been drinking. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself now. Uh, the only other thing that I want to touch on was the, uh, uh, oh, it's a locky, a potato pancake. That's it. Uh, potato pancake with the applesauce. Heather had the potato pancake. I had the applesauce. The applesauce was very good. That's all I have to say about that. Well, it's a house-made applesauce, so it was made right in Epcot. Yeah, it was delicious. So I would get just the applesauce. Like, hey, guys, can you give me the big bowl of the applesauce? I'll just eat that. Tim will walk away with his bison turkey leg, and I'll uh, I'll just be eating applesauce out of the vat. All right, so I have a uncommon sleeper hit of the festival for me. Okay. And believe it or not, this is one that's over, you know, it's always offered at every festival Uh, it's a you know it rotates out to different things at the festival and but a lot of people it's expensive because it's over ten dollars but you know the strawberry cheesecake funnel cake over by um, the american inventor it was a funnel cake topped with strawberry ice cream cheesecake crumble strawberry drizzle and whipped cream i grew up not knowing what a funnel cake was. You know, if you, we, we, we went out to a, an amusement park or something like that. There was no such thing as, oh, we're going to get a funnel cake. I never even heard of them until I was, uh, you know, probably an adult, uh, just that, um, you know, like, a, like the local Six Flags or something. And I'm like, okay, they're just dropping all of this batter into oil. Okay, that looks disgusting. But, you know, I rarely get a funnel cake. This one kind of called out to me. I I don't remember who was playing what concert and everything, but I wanted us to sit down and eat this cake. And this thing was amazing. The way the the way the uh, the, the uh, cheesecake crumbles kind of melted into melted into the batter and kind of just get gave this extra little sweetness mixed with the mixed with the strawberries it was it, it was just um, my number one unexpected hit so all right uh tim you got anything else uh no i the one thing i i will say and i i think that dave has a very good point sometimes people decide to pass up some of those dessert options because they think oh i mean it's just you know carny food or like fair food type of thing and for a long time i'll fully admit i kind of felt that way and it was the festival of the arts last year and they did uh over in the uh refreshment port uh i'm sorry not refreshment port uh in the outpost uh and they did it was a pretzel that was stuffed with brown sugar cream cheese topped with banana dole whip saucer uh and drizzled with uh chocolate sauce so basically it was like a bananas foster pretzel uh and just because, I mean, it, it was banana, I had to try it. I, you know, monkey see banana, monkey one. So fair. I had to give it a shot, and it is still one of the most amazing things I have ever eaten in the parks. Um, so, and and like Dave, I didn't know what I I had never tried a funnel cake until I was probably into my teens, because my mother was big into elephant ears 
So anytime we would go somewhere, it wasn't a funnel cake she wanted. She wanted elephant ears and well, funnel cake. Well, who would get that? You know, who, who wants a funnel cake? I don't know anybody who would want a funnel cake. Um, I don't know, mom, maybe I want to try it, but that was never into the picture. So uh, once I had my own money, was able to try it. Uh, I, I can definitely see where that would be kind of a hidden gem. And especially with the way Disney does pastries and those kind of sweet treats, I'd imagine that had to be an amazing treat. So glad to hear it was kind of a sleeper. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. I have nothing further. So Dave, I was going to say, I usually skip the desserts all together at the boots. I think I'm going to start doing, trying those down more. Cause I really never counted them as options. So I, I didn't until a few, a few years ago, Dave, and I agree. I've, I've started doing it and it's worth it. Sorry, go ahead. Dave, anything else? That's it for me. All right. Well, with that being said, we're going to wrap things up this evening. So before we get out of here, we're going to go around the horn and see where everyone can find us on the interwebs. Tim, where can people find you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I think we lost Tim. Tim, can well, we... You, can, you, can, oh, fi- you can find me at plain underscore Tim on the Twitter machine. Uh, what about Facebook? Are you banned from there again? Uh, no comment. Okay. Dave, what about you? I am best found on Instagram at Victor. I could be found on the Twitter machine at Chuck in the chat. You could find all of us on Facebook and Twitter at the Mickey dudes. And you could find us on Instagram at the Mickey dudes podcast. You could also email us where we will eventually read your emails and potentially use it as a show topic years later after we forget that it exists. But with that being said, thank you all for joining us this week, and we will see you all next week. If I go, there's just no telling how far I'll go. Just listen to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon.